What do you love about being outside and active? I'm, I'm sure I've spent more time outdoors than in. That just feels like home. Enjoy what you can do because you never know what is around the corner. Just being outdoors in the fresh air, it just clears my mind. Fully immersed in nature is what brings me the most joy. Hello and welcome back to the Outside and Active podcast where this week I am joined by Adrienne who, uh, like Emma last week, was another guest speaker at the National Running Show a few weeks ago and we're continuing on that vein of running. Now Adrienne is the host of the Power Hour podcast and she sits down with me and chats about her journey into running and also into the kind of social media performance coaching world that she sits in now and she's an international TEDx speaker, she's an author and epitome of the modern digital entrepreneur. If you don't know what that means, then we chat about it in the episode. Like I say, she is a performance coach, a podcast host, and an author. She's an endurance runner, has completed more than 20 endurance races around the world. As well as all of this, she's a brand advisor specializing in well-being and health technology. And last year, she was named as one of the top 25 black entrepreneurs to watch by HSBC and UKBBS. Her weekly podcast, Power Hour, has over 4 million downloads and is rated five stars with previous guests such as Trevor Nelson, Fern Cotton, James Clear and Dame Kelly Holmes has also been on this podcast. Her book, also named Power Hour, will help you to focus on your goals and create a life that you love. Women's Health magazine said what Adriad can't do hasn't been created yet and British Vogue named her as the new face of wellness and you can check out more on Adrienne's website, which is available in this podcast description, but she is absolutely fantastic and I cannot wait for you to hear this conversation. And just before we go into this conversation, I just want to say a massive thank you because last month, January 2024, we had the higher listenership of this podcast in its existence. So thank you to everyone who is listening and thank you to everyone who, when I ask this favor, shares it every single week with someone who would enjoy it just as much as you. And please do continue to do that um, because it just helps us grow and helps us to continue bringing on fantastic guests such as Adrienne. We have some exciting things coming up in the next few months, really, really exciting different things. So please stay tuned and please keep getting more people involved. Speaking of people involved in this podcast, I want to say thank you to Zen B and Dry Robe, who are the two sponsors of this week's episode. I will chat a bit more about each of those individually later on into the episode. But for now, let's get straight on to this conversation with Adrienne. Hello, welcome to the Outside and Active podcast. Welcome to the National Running Show where thank we're filming this. How are you feeling? I'm feeling great. Thank you for having me. That's all right. Well, it, this is, you know, your schedule today is very tight. You've got this, <laughs> you're speaking on the stage and then you, you're rushing off and you're, you're leaving the cold weather in England and you're heading to Spain, which must be quite nice. Yes, I'm looking forward to it. But as you say, got here nice and early, going on stage soon. And then, yeah, I feel like I'm going to be uh, straight to the airport. Fingers crossed I make the flight. Good. Well, let's let's kick off with a piece of advice that we do in every episode. Mm-hmm. And the advice comes from a previous guest who I was actually interviewing yesterday at the show, uh, Emma Campbell, mm-hmm. uh, who is a very inspirational runner and has, in 2019, was diagnosed with cancer for the third time. Wow. And has written books and has podcasts and is very inspirational, great story. And, and her advice was, if someone is struggling when they... If someone is struggling then offer help without asking and without expectation because she often found that when people are saying, oh, can I do anything, can I do anything, it's hard for her to say yes because yeah. she kind of wanted to put that wall up. Whereas if someone did something, even if it was small, dropping off some milk or anything like that, it actually meant a lot more. Mm. So I thought that was quite a nice 
piece of advice. Mm. Do you agree? Yeah, I do agree. And I think it's something that a lot of people actually, regardless of their circumstances, a lot of people I think find it really difficult to ask for help, to accept help. Nobody wants to feel as though, yeah, they're being a burden. And, and actually, ironically, I think most people, when they do ask for help, you find the person you're asking, they they do want to help, but more than that, they feel needed, they feel wanted, yeah. they feel as though actually it's something that they can do to contribute. So think sometimes it's helpful, I think, to think about it in that way, which is like give other people the opportunity to contribute and help you because they want to. Because if you know someone that's going through a difficult time, whatever it may be, mm. sometimes you feel, how can I be supporting this someone, this person? Should I be giving them space? Should I be, uh, you know, kind of supporting them there 24-7 and so sometimes it can be that difficult thing but I thought that was quite a piece, good yeah. piece of advice. The other thing that I ask to every guest is what do you love about being outside and active? Okay, so what do I love about being outside <laughs> and active? So many things. I... I have a lot of energy. I am someone who has a lot of energy. I always have. I find the idea of kind of sitting still and being calm and being zen, that is not something that comes naturally to okay. me. But I feel like even though running is, of course, not sitting still, it is motion. It feels like almost like energy in motion. It feels calming, especially being outside, being in an open space. I feel like that is a time when I can, yeah, I feel calm. I can reflect. I can think about what's coming up in my day ahead. And I kind of just, and if I'm running by myself as well, and it's an opportunity for solitude. So yeah, something about being outside in big spaces, moving forward, kind of that, even just the rhythm, you know, just like the, the rhythm of your feet yeah. on the floor can feel very calming for me and very like, I'm, I'm, I suppose I'm just doing one thing, just running, that's the one thing, as opposed to, yeah, sometimes our energy can feel like we're doing everything, everywhere, all the time. But when I'm running, I'm just running. Yeah, that's I'm interested all. to chat in a, in a bit about how your running supports and kind of complements the 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 amount of work that you do mm. um, but that's quite seems to be quite an entrepreneurial characteristic that sort of can't sit still busyness always thinking of things mm. I mean when do you have time to sort of relax or are you constantly kind of on the go mm. uh, on your well anything to do with on your, on your phone and emails or sometimes mm. is it I do but it's intentional I okay. think I've learned that I have to I think rest and recovery isn't just sleep and I talk about this a lot and I say to people you know they say oh yeah I just get enough sleep but rest and recovery isn't just sleep so you're right I am on the go I have work commitments travel commitments uh, parenting commitments you know three kids in the house blended family lots of things going on so it is easy I think a lot of people say the same thing it's easy for your schedule to be back back from the minute you open your eyes in the morning until you hit the pillow at night and so yeah rest isn't just sleep so yes I do have downtime I do have time when I when I read I have time when I just um I call it white space where there's okay. nothing scheduled and it might just be you know listening to music pottering around but it's very very intentional because if I don't do it if I don't put white space in my schedule in my calendar I would because of my natural nature I would say yes to everything I'd be going all the time I'd never take that break and I don't think it's sustainable and I also don't think that's when we perform at our best okay. so when it comes to performance which I think we'll talk about yeah. you don't you can't perform at your best if you are distracted busy rushing tired so yes rest is very important and I do do create space for it every week if possible now you've been very busy in your life so far <laughs> you've done it seems to have done loads and loads of things yeah. um a modern digital entrepreneur mm. can you there's a few buzzwords in there. Yeah. Can you kind of explain a little bit more about what that is or what yeah. who you are? Yeah, I think that's it, isn't it? It's so difficult now. I think so many people are multifaceted. We all are. I'm sure you are. I'm sure everybody... You do. You can do so many things. And I think that is one of the 
this wonderful thing about the modern world is that you can do so many things. But traditionally, we'd, we'd be in a box, wouldn't we? So we'd be mm. like, this person does this, this person does that. Where I found myself, as you said, doing so many things. <laughs> I was like, okay, I might be keynote speaking today. Yeah. I might be hosting a podcast and interviewing somebody. I might be doing brand consultancy and working with a brand and advising them on, you know, in health and wellbeing and technology and innovation. I might be going to run a race and partnering with an apparel brand. You know, it's always different and it's exciting. And yeah. what I said to people was, you know, actually, with the modern world, you can create your own work. You can create whatever it is that you're passionate about if you want to share it with people in different ways, whether that's through social media, whether mm. it's through podcasting, through through writing. You know, I've written, written one book and writing another book. However you find, what it, however you enjoy kind of sharing your ideas, sharing your insights, sharing your energy with others, just find the way to do it that you enjoy and that, you know, just kind of meet people where they're at. So I was doing that, and I suppose modern, I think digital entrepreneur, I think actually was uh, uh, somebody else actually wrote that about mm. me in a, in a PR piece. And I thought, ah, that kind of sums it up, actually, because it's not limited to one thing. It's yeah. not even limited to one sector. You know, it's actually saying you can do lots of different things. And yeah, on a different day, it will be very different. But I think <laughs> the thread that probably ties it together is probably, I suppose, my passion for people, mm. you know, really understanding how can we, I'm fascinated by people, why do we do what we do, behaviour economics, habits, why do some people, you know, how do we approach risk and failure, like all these things, I've always been fascinated by people, meeting people, asking them questions, listening to their stories, what inspires them, what motivates so many people to tie up their laces and head out their door and run, what motivates so many people to say, I'm going to run 26.2 miles and they all turn up on the same day at the start line and you see thousands and such an amazing energy and I'm like, why do people do that? So the thread of people, the thread of passion and, and energy, but also the thread of innovation and change, because change is something that I love and embrace and, and again, probably talk about. But I think those three things across whatever I'm doing, whatever work I'm doing with whoever, those three things kind of, I guess, always remain. This podcast is sponsored by Zenbi. Get ready to rethink plants with Zenbi. Their pasta, noodles, sauces, and snacks are made with whole vegetables, meaning they're not just a treat for your taste buds, they're also naturally gluten-free and higher in protein, fibre, and minerals. Take their pasta, for instance. A single serving packs a staggering 17 grams of protein. And with Zenbi, you can save it every bite, knowing you're fueling your body with goodness. Head over to zenbi.co.uk and sign up to enjoy 20% off your first order with Active25. More information in the podcast description. So on those forms when there's a drop down of what do you do, <laughs> you're scrolling through going, I'm kind of a lot, all of these things and all of them put together. Yeah, you <laughs> can just sometimes I just out. look for one that I, if it says author, I'll tick that. If it says broadcaster, <laughs> I'll tick that. It's yeah, like, the, the don't, work. less questions, yeah. So yeah. Um, with people, have you always been someone that's enjoyed kind of being social and, and, and talking to people sort of throughout your life? Yeah, yeah, I have actually. You have to I be think, with podcasting. Yeah, you have to exactly. enjoy talking to people and you have to funny enjoy, stories. Yeah, you have to enjoy talking to people. You have to, I think, be interested and curious mm. and maybe not just, you know, we kind of see things on the surface, but I think you have to be able to look for, you know, read between the lines and I suppose connect the dots. And yeah, I think I've always probably been that curious person asking questions. But I think back to school, it was probably quite annoying, you know, just <laughs> asking questions. You know, why do, why is that, you know, why is it like that? Um, and being curious and voracious to learn as well. You know, I listen to so many audiobooks. I listen to, you know, audiobook okay. every single week yeah. because 
I think that's also, yeah, that curiosity and that voracious learning to think, I want to learn more about that, you know. But there's learning about people, but you're also helping people, and mm. that kind of is where the performance coaching comes yeah. into it. Again, can you tell us a little bit more about what performance coaching is and how you can support people? Yeah, sure. So performance coaching essentially is helping people to perform at their best in both work and in life. And when we think about performance as a runner or as an athlete, typically we know what that looks like. So we're like, okay, training in this way, recovering and resting this way, maybe competition, there might be some data, i.e. your PR, your personal best, that's your kind of data that you're working towards, and you know what your best performance looks like. But how do you apply that into other areas of your life? So I've worked with corporate organisations, I've gone into places where they've got hundreds of employees, Mm -hmm. and talked to them about these kind of ideas and pillars and how can people perform at their best in work and in life. And essentially, you know, the conversation around well-being and, and holistic well-being is, is much more widely known now. Mm. But I think people are actually connecting those dots between saying, OK, if I want to perform at my best, I want I need to be able to. And by perform, I mean, whatever it is you're leading that day, whether that's leading a team, delivering something at work or, you know, running your half marathon to be able to perform at your best. What what are the preparations? What are the things you need to do? So things like sleep. Things like restoring your energy, nutrition, exercise, all of those things together, relationships, all of those things. I was going to come on to this in the end, but it seems like the kind of the perfect segue to that about a lot of, lot of what you're talking about, a lot of what I'm kind of researching you is a lot about habits mm. and kind of routine. And that seems to kind of come under the umbrella of discipline. Mm. And that seems to be at the core of whether people want to apply for a new job or start a new hobby or find a new group of people you know it's it's a lot of it is around or want to better themselves for whatever reason a lot of it does come down to the kind of habits and routines and and building confidence and having discipline how much of a role does that play in with what you do it's absolutely fundamental you've completely hit the nail on the head I think that's why so many high performing people do things like endurance events you know it's why so many high performing people when you ask them what about their routines, about their week, they'll say, oh, I'm, I'm training for a, a race or I'm training for an Ironman. And it is that discipline piece. And I think once you learn that, so say, for example, you sign up to a race, you download your training plan and you start to, you know, your habits might change. So mm. as you said, habits, really, really important. Your habits might change. So you might think, oh, actually, I'm going to go to bed a little bit earlier because I've got to do that long run tomorrow. Or, oh, maybe I'm going to, you know, do a little bit of research and find out about nutrition and fueling because I really want to fuel my body. I want to feel good. Or maybe actually I'm going to drink a little bit less. I'm not going to, you know, not going to say I'm never going to drink again, but maybe this week I'm going to, you know, not have that glass of wine. And so you start to change your habits. But the reason is because you have a clear goal. Okay. And so if you take that and put it into other areas, like you discuss, like your career, um, your finance, whatever it is, once you have that clear goal, we know that, you know, the science of goal setting, having a clear goal, just setting a goal in itself is it changes behavior. It changes your habits. And so for people, a lot of people now wear you know, tech wearables, so they might track their sleep, their steps, and even seeing, so visual prompts, so seeing the data that says you did this many steps, or you had this many minutes of sleep, it changes behaviour. So it starts, it's like a prompt, it's a visual Mm. cue that says, oh, again, maybe, you know, if someone gets to 90% of their, and I'm sure a lot of runners can relate to this, to get to, for example, like (laughs) 9.7, who's going to stop? No one stops. Who's going to stop and go, oh, my run's done. Even if you're back at your front door, people are like, I'm just going to run to the end of the road and back. That's the kind of example, even though we're laughing, that's the kind of example of how behaviour changes when we see a visual um, prompt or data. So, yes, habits, very, very important. Having a clear goal will change your habits because you've got an incentive to work towards. You know what the North Star is. You know why, what am I doing this for? Um, And then once you, hopefully, once you create a habit, 
It's not the case. Sometimes people think, don't they? Oh, if you make a new habit, that's it forever. You know, they'll say, how long does it take to make a habit? Is it forever? I, unfortunately, I'd say that the, the, the science and the data supports the fact that habits, there's no like one size fits all. It's actually okay. personality dependent. Mm. However, I think it does give us proof. We prove to ourselves when we do something like, you know, set a goal and we achieve it. We prove to ourselves that actually those habits worked. And so therefore we're more likely to continue and repeat them. This podcast is sponsored by Dry Rope, and more specifically, the Dry Rope Light. Struggle to pack your changing robe for your adventures? The super lightweight Dry Rope Light will change that. Waterproof, windproof, and made with cutting-edge recycled fabrics, it packs down into a 38cm stuff sack, making it easy to take on any adventure. Find out more and shop now at dryrobe.com. More information in the podcast description. It's interesting talking about this now especially because... We're recording this in January mm. and it's New Year's resolution time. I think yeah. it was even yesterday was it national or and, uh, worldwide break resolution break your resolution day. day. <laughs> Typical, of course, like two weeks into three weeks into January. Um, but people often do this kind of cold turkey or hard start of, a, right, I'm going to run, do all this time, I'm going to do this diet, I'm going to lose loads of weight. And it becomes, an, it's great, but it's not necessarily sustainable. Mm. So how much of your work is trying to get people to yes set these goals and and achieve things but change their lives in in a in a way that they they can mm. do it sustainably rather than in a four week chunk yeah yeah absolutely yeah i think you're right it's funny isn't it the end of january although i feel like this year maybe it's just in the work that i'm doing but i feel like there's been this like collective shrug this year where people have kind of gone no you know what i'm not changing anything this year it feels a little bit different <laughs> yeah. you know but not this, skip this year yeah, it's elite year doing it this time. We'll do it yeah year. maybe that's what it is <laughs> who knows but i think yeah it is important when we think about whatever goal we're trying to achieve whatever habits we're trying to make is is this a quick fix is this a short-term thing because let's be honest in most things in life we know quick fixes they don't work you know anything that's worth having takes time Mm. and ultimately again that goal whatever that reason is i think coming back to okay why am i doing this what do i really want you know what do i really want to achieve and then being realistic about how long it's going to take because let's be honest the modern world we're impatient you know we want things to be quick 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 click a button get it now we're all impatient (laughs) so patience is something again we have to practice myself included i'm guilt very guilty of lack of patience yeah yeah myself included so i think sometimes it's just yeah zooming out and going actually this this might take 10 weeks this might take six months but actually in the in the grand scheme of our whole life six months is nothing mm. you know it's really not long let's put a spotlight on the running um for a couple yeah. of minutes because obviously we're at a running show let's <laughs> chat about running runners. um yes we are and there's there's the 5k running 10k running even you know oh, your half marathons and marathons um but you've done over is it 20 endurance races 20 endurance races marathon is is the furthest i've gone though okay yeah i know a lot of people have said to me oh, okay. when are you gonna do an ultra and i'm like mm, well, that, is so ne- sure, that is next. <laughs> trust, trust me. Yeah. You will, you will do one. You'll have to because you'll, you'll go. Oh, I see. Can I do it? Can well, do this it? is it. You know what? I'll be honest with you. I'm going to be honest. I, I don't know if I will. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. Who knows? However, <laughs> one thing I'd say is that there's nothing wrong with picking a distance. Say, for example, if someone says. I've run 10k I found it challenging I really enjoyed the process and I want to do it again and then someone goes you should do a marathon and now everyone's like oh okay I should do a marathon but actually it's like do you really want to do a marathon like if you want to of course if it's your goal Mm. if you have got the desire and great but I think sometimes when people say it to me the reason I haven't done it yet maybe again with my lifestyle right now having three kids having work yeah it's a lot it's a huge commitment and I think putting that on myself right now if I said okay great everyone's telling me I should do it I'll do it 
you know, I know the things I'm going to have to compromise, either my own health, and I'm going to end up injured because I'm not going to have the time, or I'm going to have to say no to other things. Like, mm. you know, for example, maybe I can't, you know, go and watch my son play football that day because I've got to run for three hours. And I think it's just about knowing your goals are your goals. Yeah. And so not getting distracted by other people's goals, especially in the running community, because it's very encouraging and it's very supportive, but that can also be like, come on, do it, sign up. You can see other people doing these yeah, things. Yeah, and, and it think, can put pressure on you. Yeah, 100%. You know? we've, so you've, um, we, we've, we've seen that before. But um, what does running do for you? Mm. Um, because you mentioned earlier about it being kind of a space for you. Mm-hmm. Um, is it time to think? Is it time to not think? Mm. Mm. Is it time to listen and take in knowledge and space and obviously get those endorphins in as well? Yeah, it depends. Probably all of those things, to be honest. I think, if I think back to when I first started running, and this is maybe 12, 13 years ago, I think it's probably the case for a lot of people. I'd had so many challenges in the year before. I'd had such... Honestly, it was probably the most challenging and difficult time of my entire life. And so I wasn't this person that's sitting in front of you now, you know, high energy, highly motivated, highly... I was just flat, you know? I felt low energy, low mood, flat. And I just felt like this isn't me. Like, I want... Something needs to change, you know? And so that's actually why I started running, because I just wanted to just get moving, get out of the house, get some energy, just feel something different to what I was feeling at the time. Did you like running to begin with, or was it a chore? I had no idea if I was going to, but it was... I'd never done it. So the most fun I'd ever done, I'd done track at school and I was yeah. fast you know yeah. I'm like Jamaican heritage I was fast I do 100 <laughs> metres I was unbeaten the fast twitch me- yeah, yeah 100 metres and even in the mums races now my kids school yeah, yeah so do the 100 <laughs> metres and that would be that so the idea of running round the block for like 5 kilometres was like what so yeah when I first started running and honestly when I, I'm going to be really real with you this is 12, 13 years ago I didn't even have running shoes I had I honestly think my first run was in a pair of Converse I, yes, look at the shock. Look at the shock. That, that just I makes my... Uh, uh, people listen, it'll make their legs hurt and feet hurt just thinking about that. Same. And the, but the reason I say that is because, again, sometimes it's like we look at a runner and it's like, they're a runner, look at that. I was just, you know, I was just a really tired new mum with a pair of Converse. Off I went. So it's definitely changed from then to now. It gave me time on my own. It gave me solitude. It gave me time to think. Mm. It gave me some kind of new energy kind of gave me a bit of a new persona if I'm honest for that like you know first few months I was like yeah I'm getting into running like maybe I'm a runner like you know like I said I'd go and buy those running shoes I was <laughs> yeah. downloading things I was looking at stuff I was thinking actually it's kind of gave me yeah this new focus this new joy you know signed up to my first ever race was the Cambridge race for life and I did that and um my I remember like I think one of my friends and my son was actually there and it's like you know it's like one years old in the pushchair but it's that thing of actually they're there to cheer you on and I think again as a parent you spend so much time obviously cheering on your kids yeah, everything they the do pitch. exactly yeah. so they're there to see you and it just yeah it really kind of gave me new community meeting new people whether that was virtually on on social media or actually going to you know events where mm. there was a run and meeting people it just started this whole new world for me whole new life travel you know I'd sign up to a race in a country that I'd never been to and be like okay I'm gonna go and run that race you know that's what I did so many races I think in 2019 I did six half marathons in six different cities from Barcelona from was it Barcelona from Paris to London to Barbados like um yeah I'm talking I was just like I'm gonna go and run and run and run and it's (laughs) it's that kind of thing that it, it can give you so much and for me it has you know 13 years it's given me so much community headspace you know career like so many Mm. things so yeah it's really hard to pinpoint it down as like what does running give you it's given me like to say part of my identity now is that 
I'm a runner. You know, it's um, yeah, it's it's really powerful. I just want to ask you. You touched on their community and social media. Mm. I mean, th- that could be in a podcast in itself. Social yeah. media. Just wanted to quickly ask you around. Obviously, it's part of your job and part of your community. Mm. But obviously, there's the pros and cons of social media that mm. is obviously well spoken about. Mm. But what's your viewpoint towards it? It gives people access to community and information, but obviously, it can be then play into that sort of doom scrolling, comparing yourself to other people's lives. Yeah, I think I'll be honest. I think I've definitely found it's to to be a positive tool. Yeah. Like I said, you know, meeting people, seeing other people as well. Like you know, representation. You know, it really matters. Yeah. Seeing other people yeah. who are, you know, not necessarily always saying seeing people that look like you. That's great. But seeing people in different situations, different circumstances, different ages, different genders, different. Like I said, you know, mums. You know, seeing different people who are all runners. I think that's, uh, you know, that wasn't the case before. People can't really imagine that in two thousand and ten. There was no Instagram. People can't like kind of wrap their heads around it. Yeah, yeah, October 2010, the Instagram app launched, and people can't really remember their lives before that. But yeah, I think the community aspect um, is is great. Like you said, the information, the knowledge sharing. Um, of course, everything in, has its ups and downs. Everything has its challenges. But I think for me, if I've got time, a quick like short anecdotal yeah. story that I'll share about social media in a time when I kind of probably thought, oh no, this is going to be awful, and it was amazing was when I did the Berlin Marathon, well, tried to do the Berlin Marathon, (laughs) the only race I've ever DNF'd, and I basically, I was training for it for probably about four months, training went really well, I was kind of, you know, fitter, stronger, feeling great, I'd really kind of stuck to the training plan, and so when you've done all that work, anyone who's been there and done that, you've done all that work, and then towards the end, I got an injury in my foot, I was running on the beach on sand with bare feet, and I got an injury in my foot, and I thought, well, I've done all this work, I've done four months of training, I'm fitter and faster and stronger than I've ever been, I can't miss this race. Like, mm. I just ha- my foot just needs to heal. Like, it's going to be fine. I'm going to go through it. Yeah, so mindset, I'm like, okay, mind of matter, it's going to be fine. Ridiculous, stupid. You're injured, <laughs> you need to just, that's it. But I didn't want to give it up, so mm. I flew to Berlin, and I'm in the hotel. You know, I think I was icing my foot literally the day before, thinking, it's going to be fine. Yeah. It's not a good start, is it? So, started the race. It was pain from, from the first kilometre. And it's all you can think about. It's all you can think about. And I'm like, okay, it's going to ease off, you know, 5K. No. Anyway, I managed. I think by the time I got to 25K, I could barely even put my heel on the floor. It was just unbearable. That's so, a good effort, though, considering. But it's stupid, actually. It's actually it stupid, stupidity. It's like, <laughs> why are you running with this foot? Like, it's actually stupidity. But I hobbled to the side. I'm feeling very sorry for myself. And I ended up going to, you know, an A&E in Germany where, I, yeah, it was in my sweaty running stuff. Feeling very sorry for myself. All this to say, so obviously on the online on the day, I've been posting about my training. I'm going there at the time. I was working with Adidas as a brand ambassador, and I'd done a talk all about, you know, the race. So, so it's not just the race that you're building at the program. There's other elements to it as well yeah. as the reasons that you're running to it, but still... Still, you're injured. You probably should be injured, and, and people should, will understand. Yeah, and sometimes you've raised a lot of money for charity. You don't mm. want to let them down. But ultimately, we are human beings. Olympic athletes get injured, and they can't compete. So a mere mortal like me should have just pulled out the race. So anyway, all this to say, I took to social media, and obviously, lots of messages. Where? Oh, how are you doing? How was the race? Like, you know, people are following. They're tracking. Some people have like seen you in the race village. They're like, well, where they all get the medal. <laughs> and all my friends that I could see that were there, they're all posting their pictures with their medals. And it was kind of like, uh, where's your picture? Where are you? <laughs> Well, <laughs> and I was just like, oh no, and I felt really sorry for myself. But I shared it online, and I said, look, I didn't finish the race. I've injured my foot. You know, I'm just devastated. I feel embarrassed, and all this. And honestly, the community, the messages that people sent me, it was amazing. And it was like this: the community, because people understand that you're human. They've probably been there themselves. Yeah. It was nothing but support, encouragement, 
love, like genuine okay. care. Yeah. So yeah, that's an example where I think social media, you know, it doesn't always, it's not always great, but no one kind of came out and went, oh my gosh, you know, you should have got to the finish Probably. line. You're a fraud. Everybody just went, oh wow, I like, hope you're okay. I love that. Yeah. Now, you're in the hot seat now, but usually you're, you're on the other side, just coming yeah. onto the Power Hour podcast. Yeah. Um, when did that start and what was the motivation behind kind of starting that and having those conversations? Yes, so the Power Hour podcast started over five years ago. So quite, I feel like I'm an OG in the podcast space. Yeah. You know, yeah. like back then people were Before like... Before the boom. <laughs> yeah, they used to ask, what's a podcast? Like, how do you get it? Do you, do you have to pay for it? People didn't really know much about podcasting back then. But yes, five and a half years ago, I started the Power Hour podcast with a simple idea which was I want to find out as we've discussed I'm interested in people what do people do with the first hour of their day that's what I call my power hour what motivates them to get up in the morning how have they achieved what they've achieved in their lives what do they avoid in the morning like what do people do when they first wake up everyone from Olympic athletes to business founders to doctors everyone so I started the show and with that intention, I, you know, I spoke to different people about their lives, about their careers, their achievements, their successes, their failures. And at the end of every show, I asked them, what do you do with the first hour of your day? And so it's fascinating because some people have this amazing, you know, morning routine where they do uh, an ice bath and they do this and that and breath work and other things. Some people say every day they get up and they walk their dog or they run. Other people, it is completely different. And some people, yeah, so I've heard so many different things of what people do in the morning. And I think some of the, I suppose, consistent things that I've heard are around people having tech-free mornings. So just in that first hour, you know, like not looking at their phone, not looking at emails, not going onto social media or being kind of sucked into their work, yeah. but actually keeping that time. Because for the rest of the day, let's be honest, we, most of us are pretty available and connected. Yeah. So keeping that first hour as being disconnected whether you want to run or whether you want to just read or have your coffee or whatever. But yeah, so many people. I think now we've had over 330 guests and mm. probably over like 4 million downloads. So it's That's like, amazing. it's amazing to hear as well, like when people listen to it and sometimes people have listened to it for years and it's nice to hear they go, yeah, I listen to you while I'm running and I listen to people's yeah, stories of inspiration, motivation. Um, it's a real kind of feel good show. And it's, it's as you as the host, and I feel this being able to be lucky to speak to loads of people, such as yeah. yourself that are at the show and previously on the, we've had on the podcast, to be able to facilitate those conversations and take ad advice and things that you hear. And you probably hear, like you said, about quite similar characteristics and mm. similar processes with some people. I mean, Dane Kelly Holmes, who's been speaking this weekend as yep. well, and Tom Daly and Fred Cotton, and so many people. It's interesting to hear how how they live their lives. I mean, yeah. you said about the positive side of people, tech-free mornings and getting up and ice baths, but for some people, getting up in the morning is probably one of the hardest things they have to do in the day. Mm, yeah, yeah, you're right. And yes, it's it's been amazing as the host of that show for so long, as you said, to meet so many people, to be curious, to ask questions, to be able to share those conversations with others. I feel so lucky that I get to do it. I'm sure you know what it's like. Yeah. And especially when you, because I interview a lot of authors as well where I read their books and they've done, I know what it you know, takes to, to write a book and they've done so much reading and research and to be able to compile that actually as well and kind of we're so lucky now you know being able to listen to so much information it's almost like the best bits you know they've done yep. maybe two years of research about <laughs> happiness or two years of research about a certain practice or diet or breath work and then to be able to yeah condense that almost into an hour of listening I think is it, we're so lucky and it's 
an hour is also long enough that you can have the conversation with nuance, you can understand, you know, it's long form in that sense. Mm. Whereas I think social media, I guess, is more limited to that kind of, you know, one minute, two minute. So for me, long form listening, I listen to podcasts that are an hour, an hour and a half, two hours. Um, and yeah, I love to talk. So <laughs> I love that. We've loved speaking to you. Thank you. I'm very grateful for your time. You've got a very jam packed day. There's only one thing that I need from you to finish this podcast. At yes. the beginning, offered you a piece of advice mm. from Emma. Uh, now is your opportunity to leave a piece of advice for someone coming onto the get uh, for someone coming onto the podcast as a guest yeah. in the near future. Okay, my piece of advice uh, to anyone, I suppose, right now as well would be to really embrace change. And I think we hear people talking about change. You know, embrace change. Don't be afraid of change. But change can be really scary. Can be really overwhelming. And sometimes we choose change. And sometimes we don't. Sometimes change happens to us, and that can be really overwhelming. So when I say embrace change, it doesn't mean that it's always going to be easy, but you just don't know what it's going to bring into your life. You don't know what's going to be on the other side of it. You don't know the people, the places, the opportunities, the event. You just don't know. So if you are going through a change, if you're experiencing change, if you're afraid of change, just try and have a little bit of, uh, a little bit of optimism that what's the best outcome what could possibly happen you know you probably thought about what could what's the worst outcome what is the possible best outcome of this change and get excited about that i love that look forward to passing that along and enjoy your talk great thanks for having me Thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast, the second one in season 13, chatting all about running. And thank you for listening. And thank you to Adrienne for coming onto the podcast and spending the time with me at the National Running Show to talk through your experiences and your opinions. It was it was really good fun. And if you think you know someone who would enjoy this episode just as much as you, then please do forward it on to them. Also, leave a like if you're watching on YouTube and subscribe and comment. And if you're listening to this on your podcasting platform, then please do leave a review. It makes an enormous difference and it's great to see what people say and get some feedback. You can also send us some feedback on Instagram or on Facebook, Outside and Active, uh, and check out our website, outsideandactive.com, where you can also see the entire back catalogue of this podcast. We have some unbelievable guests on there, so please do check it out. I'll be back next week with another episode of the Outside and Active podcast. But until that time, my name's been Dominic Brown. Enjoy the outdoors. Outdoors.